Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. And welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hey, I am your host, Mark. I am always so happy that you've joined me for the podcast and also hopefully my YouTube channel here that I am trying to get working the right way. Hopefully it's working. If you're interested in seeing my YouTube channel, feel free to go to my webpage, markafrench.com. And from there, you're able to see all my social media links anywhere from Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and of course, YouTube and Instagram. So feel free to join whatever you want to join from there. So last week, I want to continue the conversation. That one was such an interesting study, such a terrible tragedy, and I want to talk a little bit more about what that meant to me and even look a little deeper about what does it mean to be improving in safety? Because I had a great discussion about that this week. I was doing some leadership training, and we were talking about gaining and continuous improvement when it comes to just in general, like how do you improve an organization? And it really struck me over and over again how Safety is so fundamental that if we are not fundamentally caring about the people that are around us, we have no means of even beginning to build trust, behaviors, or anything else that really matters when it comes to real leadership. I'm not saying management. I'm not saying profitability. I'm not saying EBITDA. I'm saying leadership and what that takes to be human leaders, to trust our people, to do their very best. So Let's take one step back to last week, and the news article that I came across was about a chocolate factory that the workers had been smelling natural gas for 30 minutes or more and reporting it. Supervisor says, well, I got to get approval from higher ups before I can do anything about it. Before anything was done about it, uh, it exploded. Fire everywhere. One of the workers was on fire. Their arms were on fire trying to escape. The work platform they were going across over like a a small chocolate vat broke. They fell into the chocolate. Uh, It extinguished the fire, amazingly, uh, fortunately. But on the bad side, both feet, collarbone, broken. And then they had to stay there. They were crying for help, needing help. Firefighters were trying to get in there, put out the fire, stop everything, Uh, They were flooded with water. They were cold. They finally got out of the vat, finally were rescued. And it's just this whole disaster of where it begins with prevention, empowerment, and emergency response. So I want to start there about what does a good safety program really look like? 
and why this is such an interesting case study and unfortunately, a lot of things to do wrong. And I hate that. I usually like to focus, I would love to find success stories of where all of things worked well, people were, were safe, but that generally doesn't make the news because it does happen a lot. There are a lot of fantastic companies, a lot of fantastic safety managers who are out there every day making this happen, that they're fighting for, they're standing up, they have leadership team who understands, who cares, and who wants to make it right and wants to keep working to bring that to life, to bring that leadership to life. But let's start at the beginning. Prevention. There's a lot of prevention. If there was a gas leak, there shouldn't have been. There are certain things you can do to prevent a gas leak. There are things you can check. There are preventative maintenance. And let's even, let's make an assumption here that the walkway was not rated for what it should be because it collapsed. Maybe it was because of the fire. Maybe not. Don't know. But let's say that, okay, it, it was just not inspected. Well, again, preventable. Could have been prevented. And that's step one, that we are safety people, we as leaders are looking for, is how do we prevent the bad things from happening? How do we predict it? How do we use our knowledge, our experience, and also just walking through it? It's, it's thinking, and it's taking a few minutes to think about what could go wrong. And even though you may have very little safety training, even if you're very new into the workplace or you're very new into an organization, you can look at something and... I'm not saying it's common sense. It's not because what you have to do is you have to think through it. It doesn't naturally slap, come to you and hit you in the face and go unsafe because that would be what we build as that relative common sense. But you think about it. You, you walk into the situation and you look around, you go, Hey, there's some things that could go wrong here. What can we do to prevent it? But even bigger, an organization should be hiring people, preventive maintenance, people, uh, leaders, technicians that can help find those things. And that's the second piece of it is empowerment. If people step up, if there are people in the organization that are standing up and saying there is something unsafe here, and we're not saying that this is the, I'm complaining about everything in the world. Like I think we should pick up the building and move it two feet over and set it back down. Even though I've never heard that ever brought up from people. I've just heard that example as, well, I don't want people asking for that. Okay, they're not. You have people walk in and they say, we're smelling gas. And there's a whole bunch of people saying it's making us sick. We're smelling gas. Supervisor goes, oh, okay, smells like gas. I'm going to call some people. First thing in my mind, not to say this is true, but I have seen this happen. And that's why I'm going to make, a, I'm going to tell a story a little bit about this what if example. Supervisor is not well-empowered, probably not exceptionally well-paid, and told to hit production numbers. There's their concern. So they're going to set up wherever they are to look at production numbers. Maybe it's a computer screen in an office somewhere. A lot of times I'll see these elevated offices where there's windows and you're looking down onto the process. So this is what I imagine in my head. That, And not even about this story. Just I imagine in my head a supervisor sitting up in this, this elevated area looking down, and people start coming up to the office, and they're going, hey, we smell gas. And he looks down, he looks at his computer, and he goes, well, let me see what I can do. Let me call the higher-ups. And then he looks at his computer again to see what's happening. They go back down. More people come up. I'll take care of it. 
And then 30 minutes later, all heck breaks loose with an explosion. This is not uncommon. There have been other stories of where they knew something was going to happen. Like the weather report saying everyone shelter, there's a tornado coming through. Supervisors like, nah, maybe not. We might get lucky. Let's just keep it running, see what happens. People are dead because we didn't evacuate quick enough. We didn't get into emergency shelters, come to find out OSHA fines because of that. That's a whole different story, but still very relevant to the idea of why are we not empowered to make decisions? We look at PSM disasters and huge explosions that have happened. Same critical criteria of where we are not prepared to empower our people to make safe decisions. So imagine if they can't make a decision that they feel like could be life or death, are they going to make a decision that makes your business better? Are they going to make a decision that improves quality? Are they going to make a decision that actually improves productivity? Or are they just going to make sure that they hit the mark right across the line? I'm not looking for great. I'm looking for acceptable so I don't get yelled at tomorrow morning. There's empowerment. And it begins with safety. Because fundamentally, if we are not willing to empower our people to protect the lives of others, there is no empowerment anywhere that will fix any other part of your business. Let's talk more about that coming up in the second half. DSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So we just got done talking about empowerment. And again, fundamentally, if we don't have that basic empowerment, we are not going to be able to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish to create the workplace that is improving that is seeking to drive for that improvement. The third piece, of course, is emergency response. No one ever wants to use their emergency response system, but if you eventually have to get there where something, and it could be a medical emergency that you can't predict in some ways unless you somehow know things, but you still need that so that you're prepared for if something does happen that maybe we weren't ready for, we, we didn't get expressly ready for, we can still somewhat respond to it and be prepared. And that news story last week really got me is that didn't seem like there was a lot of preparation there for as long as it took to rescue people for the requirements of the fire department to do everything they did. It seemed like a very strong response and it still took a lot of time. And so it feels like that the emergency response plan was not robust enough to be ready for the things that could happen. And that's the final stage, but it's still so important that, and that's that reassurance that we have prevention, we have empowerment to try to increase prevention, or at least if something is starting to get off the rails, we can readjust and get ready or stop or stop work or do something different. And then finally, if something does happen, whether minor, whether major, we have the skills, the talent, the training, the practice to do it and try to lessen the results 
the best we can, which I feel like is so important. And this past week, I was thinking more about what I said last week about you don't get to safety perfection immediately. That is, is some safety better than no safety? Is half safety better than no safety? And the truth of the matter is, if you're on the road to safety, you're on the right road. Let me explain that a little further because I think I kind of botched it a little bit last week or I kind of ran out of time and rushed it. I think about a company that has an OSHA citation and they go, you know what, we're going to improve safety. We're going to fix the OSHA things that they found. That's called abatement. And that's also called just following the law, which evidently wasn't happening in the first place, but then you fix it. The other one is that you know you can't go from here to up here that quickly. So what you do is you make a plan and you start progressing. And sometimes it's never going to be perfect, and that's continuous improvement. You keep driving, but you're trying to get better. You're pushing yourself to get better, and that's the real road to safety. And I'm going to tell a story here, and this actually helped me crystallize in my head why this happened. And actually, I'm not, I've been bitter for years about this, unfortunately, and I shouldn't be, but I was until I just had this idea as I was thinking through this podcast episode. So I'm going to kind of, I guess, tell on myself for being a little short-sighted. I was working for an organization that was working hard. We were really working hard on a turnaround. And we were, we were doing a lot of great things, and it was, it was super hard. Uh, but we were making some great progress, and it was very fantastic to see that progress. Well, here came time for our annual, or our three-year OSHA. We were up. We had been not well known in the community to be good stewards of safety. Um, we were turning that corner. We were really working hard to turn that corner. And they came in, they gave us all these citations, and not actually as bad as it is actually the, even though it wasn't, I wasn't very proud of it. It was still better than where it ever had been before. So, Hey, we're improving. It's again, we're trying, we're, we're working, we're, we're systemically reducing risk and getting things out of there. Uh, we were working very hard to get there and you just can't do it fast enough. And I, I felt, I'm sure you feel that pressure too, that you just can't get there fast enough, but you're trying. And, I remember during the informal, just talking about some of the citations, seeing what we could do, and it was it was like I was being beat up a little bit, that you don't realize how bad your plant is or how bad it has been. Let me show you all these previous citations, which I had looked up before I went there because I'm not novice to that. I knew what I was getting into. I thought I did, but it was still, whoo, boom, a um, lot of work there, and they just kept hounding me about, are you sure you're, you, you've always had these and always done this. They had seen this before that the organization had called their safety program OSHA abatement, essentially that, and actually there, there was a history and they laughed about this and told me stories about a really old plant manager that had been there years ago. That was like, we don't need OSHA compliance. OSHA is the Cadillac. I need like a nice entry level sedan, not a Cadillac because OSHA is the Cadillac of safety standards. And he didn't get it. And luckily, I never had to meet him, but he didn't get it. And I think that's the attitude that the local OSHA office had of us, is that we claimed that safety improvement was getting an OSHA citation and then fixing it. And then we were like on the road to safety. They didn't understand, and they didn't have the history, and I didn't explain it very well of the journey that we were taking, that we weren't satisfied, and we weren't happy, and we weren't going to stop with just fixing that. 
we were going to keep going and we had kept going and we were going to keep going, but they didn't know that. And so they assumed that this safety journey I was trying to talk about and I was trying to relate was just another, Hey, you gave us citations. We become safe by fixing said citations. And that's eye opening to me to realize that there is a difference in that journey. There's a difference in that attitude of what is safety. Safety is very much continuous improvement. If you're not looking at how we better engage, better lead, better create those systems, that's not the journey. That's just a, a, I found something, I fix something, and I go on and do something else. There has to be a thought that says we are here and we want to be here. And once we get here, we're going to want to keep going from there too. But first, we're going we're gonna to get there by doing these steps. And that's a plan. That's a process. That some call it the A3 process or just a planning or a Gantt chart. But at the end of the day, it's about listening. It's about empathy. And it's about making sure that we do the right things when our people come and talk to us. And I think that's what I was trying to really get at last week when I was really trying to explain what I was saying about what is half safety versus whole safety in those programs and in those policies. And that's what I meant. Is it, are you just fixing or are you on a journey? I really appreciate you joining me this week on the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Quick reminder, I am going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, talking about safety, the gateway to engagement. Also going to have a booth set up, some live podcasting coming up in May, the Kentucky Health and Safety Conference. And then again, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. I will be part of the Tennessee Safety and Health Conference. I'll be again doing the same talk, uh, maybe a little different, kind of tailor it out, but also be again, I'll have the booth set up be doing some podcasting i would love to interview if you're around wouldn't that be fun come be part of this that is the magic of this podcast love to have you and again and as always until next time we chat stay safe Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.